0: COVID-19, protests, I'm sure those two topics will surface during Hour 2. But as always, I'll entertain your UFO sightings, paranormal encounters. Perhaps you're, I don't know, you're you're certain you've created a perpetual motion machine. I would love to take that call. Uh, That's all upcoming in Hour 2. This hour, documentary filmmaker Ali Siadatan from Think Again Productions is here. Ali has a webinar tomorrow night, Monday, June the 8th, uh, during which he'll address UFOs in the Bible, how the modern day UFO ET phenomenon squares with Scripture. Uh, this is something he addressed in great detail in his groundbreaking documentary, UFOs, Angels and Gods, and the follow up, Goliath Rising Nephilim, Hybrids and Titans. Uh, he'll be here in just moments. Carlos Cagina is my technical producer. And Ryan White is my live stream producer. And yes, we are live streaming on YouTube tonight. My YouTube channel is Strange Planet. Uh, and my website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca. It has been completely overhauled and redesigned. And it is much, much easier to navigate. I think you're going to like it. Please uh, take a moment to visit strangeplanet.ca and while you're there, scroll down to the very bottom of the page and click on Inner Sanctum. That's my free monthly newsletter. Click on Inner Sanctum and register your email. That's all it takes and then you'll re- you'll start receiving uh, Inner Sanctum free every month uh, delivered to your email inbox. strangeplanet.ca to register. In uh, 1997, Ali Siadatan had a close UFO sighting uh, late at night on a lonely highway in his native Iran. Uh, This led him to look deeper into the modern-day UFO phenomenon. Ali was traveling from Tehran on an 11-hour auto journey when his stepmother and father began to make unintelligible sounds and point out the window. They observed a huge, round object lit up with bright green lights descending nearby. Ali said it hovered at about 500 feet and then suddenly appeared as if it was sucked into the ground by a giant black tube. Uh, This event piqued his interest in certain passages in the Bible that appeared to refer to visits and commingling with man and divine entities. All of the great religions speak of contact with beings who come from elsewhere, is there a connection between these accounts and the modern day UFO phenomenon? Can accounts of flying beings from the Bible shed light on the identity of UFOs Are there mere are they mere observers or participants on the world stage? Ali is the founder of Think Again Productions in Canada, a multimedia teaching ministry shedding light on mysteries and treasures of scriptural knowledge which is making the Bible more real than ever. Ali has found evidence keeps agreeing with the Bible's tale from biblical cities peering through the sand to alien abductions and prophetic events. In 2006, Think Again Productions released the groundbreaking documentary UFOs, Angels and Gods on Google Video, where it received 270,000 views in nine months. In 1996, Ali completed a master's degree in French language and literature at the University of Toronto. In September of 99, he answered a call and opened a center to minister to urbanites through martial and healing arts, as well as spiritual studies for seekers. He's studied. He's a black belt in kung fu and has been training since 1991. His research into UFOs has inspired him to write a work of fiction, which is in progress as well as a second documentary on the rise of the Antichrist titled Goliath Rising, Hybrids, Nephilim, and Titans. Ali Siadatan, welcome back to The uh, Conspiracy Show. How are you?
1: I'm fine. Thank you for having me, Richard. It's a pleasure.
0: You know, I um, I was asked by my Bible study group, which meets these days on Zoom, of course, every Tuesday, and I was asked several months ago before we were quarantined to present... Um, a uh, a powerpoint to the uh to the study group on on the UFOET phenomenon and i wasn't presenting it from a from a biblical perspective i was simply giving them kind of a nuts and bolts uh, documentation of sightings the history of the modern day phenomenon government documents etc cetera, etc cetera. right and you know quite honestly i was met with a lot of blank stares uh i think it was new information to most people which is Not that surprising, because a lot of Bible-believing Christians simply don't see how these incursions of these fantastic flying contraptions, perhaps piloted by advanced alien civilizations, how that could possibly fit into the biblical narrative. And then, on the other side, you have uh, people who, who follow the UFO ET issue very closely many of whom believe in the ancient alien theory that is that humankind was seeded here on earth by uh, aliens uh they don't necessarily even believe in a god uh or if they do they certainly believe that these these ets are are part of that creation so you've got these two seemingly very divergent camps how do you, what do you say to to both of them um because you're you're basically talking about how UFOs, ETs, and biblical prophecy, how it all intersects. What do you say to both camps?
1: That's why I like to think of it as a puzzle, because there's a lot of pieces to a puzzle, and then they all have to be put together and shimmied in properly, and suddenly the image appears, you know, what the puzzle is, it gets solved. Um, there has always been accounts in, you know, the story of the Bible, starting with, the book of Genesis and the story of you know Garden of Eden, all the way from there, there has been accounts in the Bible of something other than man. And usually the term that we use for them in Western culture is angels as an umbrella word. There are many, many terms in the Bible itself, but the word angels tends to be the umbrella term. And these guys, they do come to the earth, even in the Bible. Like, for instance, there's the chariots, you know, that uh, the Bible talks about. uh, The one that takes Elijah up, or Elijah is with his disciple Elisha. These are two prophets. And uh, Elisha is afraid of enemies. And uh, Elijah prays that God open the eyes of Elisha and see that the heavenly host, but it's described as chariots that are all around them, are more numerous than the ones the enemy has um... and you one you know people even talk about the vision that this prophet has ezekiel and you can see that in detail in our documentary that seems to be talking about something that is a vehicle a chariot of some kind and the word chariot itself in the bible actually uh... the word properly translated is vehicle and the reason it was translated as chariot is because until recently there was no other vehicle uh... than chariot so there was no point in saying vehicle you know chariot vehicle it was the same thing But today, we have cars, we have airplanes, we have even rocket ships. We have many different types of vehicles. We can go underwater. And so this is a phenomenon that spans the scriptures. And all the other cultures talk about, you know, these flying gods that come to them. Um, When it comes to the 20th century, these sightings continue. um, And, you know, we tend to see it from our secular point of view, so we call them Uh, UFOs, like we don't know what they are, we're going to identify them at some point, or we see them through the Darwinian lens, like we evolved here, they evolved elsewhere, and they're an alien civilization. But the biblical perspective provides an overarching narrative that, you know, puts all of these gods of the nations, the modern-day phenomenon, the angels, it puts them all together and explains who they are, you know, puts them in a single tale. Um, why is there a confusion well it's just because of the fragmented view we have they both aliens and angels they come from someplace else they visit the earth they bring messages um... they come and go to the planet as i said in the bible there's chariots involved and then uh, people in their sightings talk about these you know essentially ships why is it that people don't make the connection why is it that our mind says, well this is one thing and this is the other it's just because of the way my our mind has been trained when it comes to the biblical perspective, we have uh, seen the uh, paintings of Michelangelo and Raffaello and Dante and all of these you know wonderful painters that are whose paintings are in the museums of the Vatican and they tend to present angels to us as these bird-like beings essentially then we, we have this idea of things that are kind of ghostly and ethereal and we connect that to the Bible so our the way we see the Bible is, is, is in that from that training our mind has been trained and educated in that way and the way that we see aliens is through the lens of science and cosmos and rocket ships and so our mind naturally sees that as something different but the biblical view of angels is a lot more like the ufo phenomenon and the ufo phenomenon is not a modern phenomenon it is spoken throughout the ages by all civilizations so once you kind of start You know, changing your perspective to be a little bit more aligned with the actual facts, then you start to see these two worlds collapse into one.
0: Well, that's interesting because you're right. We do tend to think of angels, demons, or fallen angels inhabiting this spiritual realm. We talk about, for example, spiritual warfare. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's spiritual warfare. Right. Uh, And yet we have aliens. We have, well, if if you believe that UFOs have crashed and they have recovered bodies. So we are talking about physical beings, number one. And we are talking about machines. So, you know, how does one square... Spiritual beings, first of all, why would an angel, whom we tend to think of as being sort of omniscient, why would they require a machine, technology, to get from here to there?
1: You've made two great points here. The physical nature and then the idea of angels. In the biblical text, physical beings are highly spiritual. For instance, you know, when God walks in the Garden of Eden, or when He got and two angels come and visit Abraham and they have a meal with him, uh, and even the Messiah, when he comes back from the dead, he's the most spiritual character of the biblical narrative. Yet, he comes and he says, Look, I am not a ghost. I have flesh and, you know, bone. He says that. He asks, He says, You want to touch my wounds? Go ahead. He says, Do you have any food? Give me some. And they give it to him and he eats it. So he really makes a a clear point about the fact that the resurrected, you know, visible image of the incarnate God, like the, you know, the the most spiritual character that in the Bible exists, comes back from the dead in a very physical way, which means I'm not done with the physical universe, which means there's more to come, folks, in the world uh, that, you know, you're breathing air in and walking around in. I am not finished with this place, and so I need this body. Um... And then the angels, like the one that removes the tomb of Christ, he sits on it. Why would Scripture, you know, put that precision that he sat on the tomb? Who really cares if he sat on the tomb? Unless God was already, you know, looking ahead to this phenomenon of over- Uh, spiritualization of turning reality into into kind of energy and putting these clues in his bible just to make sure that people you know could understand no no look the angel sat on the tomb because he was a physical being there's this idea that oh well they just take this shape to walk among us but that's not in the bible it doesn't say that it's just people assume that so first of all the, the angels are physical beings god himself has taken a physical form the universe is very vast and, and there may be a lot more to this thing, but we can't omit the universe, and we can't omit the importance of God's creation. We can't diminish the physical nature of reality of God and angels. Then there is this idea that uh, we have of angels, but they may be not the way we imagine it. When you look at, to the past 2,000 years of Christianity, I noticed that there hadn't actually been a lot of focus on the study of angels it was not really the most important thing for people look going through the middle ages and the crusades and the reformation and then you know the 20th century that wasn't the most important pressing topic that people were going to sit and study oh let's talk about the nature of angels so there was a lot of kind of ideas adopted and just passed down uh, from one generation to the other in the bible the angels are part of the physical creation of god they are beings like us they operate uh, inside of this incredible thing God has created, you know like they come down and it, it says that they have food like the the Israelites in the desert they receive we are told angels food it says that uh, the food they ate the food of angels. Um, we see that, for instance, the angels that come and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah you know they 're commanded, they come they destroy there's smoke coming up from those cities um, that, that God angels are working through the processes of the created order they just know more about how this thing you know that we're all inside of actually functions that's what makes them wiser uh... we have imagined that they are beings essentially of magic that they wiggle their noses and things happen that they snap their fingers and bada boom we have in a way imposed that on the world of angels But scripture presents them as beings that are, you know, in the creation and are functioning according to its uh, precepts. Now, when it comes to technology and the UFO crashes, and, you know, if this is of the angelic world, are we saying that the world of angels has technology? I think that, yes, that's what we're saying. At least that's what, you know, this research leads us to, if this is really... The veil is removed, and we're now seeing this massive phenomenon, and we're saying this phenomenon is actually the angelic phenomenon of the Bible, good and evil. Uh, They both have access to these chariots, and now we see some of these chariots and they seem to have, be technological, then yes, then I have to say that we are the children of God, the, the angels are as well. We were already born into this massive story uh, as beings who are of the world of God and angels, and we do the things that the creatures of that world do. Perhaps the reason we have technology is because they have it too. And when you look at technology, what is technology? Technology is just organizing God's created order, God's the matter of the universe, according to a certain understanding, a certain knowledge. Like the, you know, so you have a blueprint, you stick reality together, and what comes out of the end is a technology. So that a tree is a technology, right? It helps you breathe. Even this body in which we function is a technology. Sure. It gives clothing to our souls.
0: But you and I, we believe in the Bible. Many people do not believe in the Bible. Right. So how do we argue or how would you approach the argument that you're simply looking at an actual extraterrestrial incursion through a biblical filter? Uh, in other words, the ancients, they thought they were, they were dealing with gods. They thought they were dealing with angels, but they were simply dealing with an advanced race of extraterrestrials. I think that
1: um, if you think de- uh, deeply about uh, reality, you come to the conclusion that we don't really know anything. We don't know even where we are, because we don't know where the universe is. Um, we don't know where the Earth is. We don't even know where we are. That's how little we know. How did we get here? Who are we? These profoundly deep questions that are foundational we don't really have the answers for them, so you can content yourself with just saying, "I'm happy not to know," or you can pick a lens through which you're now going to divide up reality. So you can rely on the mind of, you know, a British thinker, uh, Charles Darwin, and you know his his essentially uh, thing uh the students, and suddenly assume that that is. Absolutely. These guys have nailed it. They've figured the, you know, this great mystery that we're in, they've understood it. And based on that understanding, you can now even project forward that even in other worlds, this process of evolution has occurred, even though now you have no uh, evidence okay. A- for it. Okay,
0: Ali i got to jump in here. We'll, we'll uh, pick it up on the other side and continue to delve into, well, what you're going to discuss on your upcoming webinar, which is uh, Monday, January the 8th at 8 p.m., The Cosmic Tale. Ali Yadatan stays with us on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show, with Richard Serrett. Ali Siadatan from Think Again Productions, his groundbreaking documentary, UFOs, Angels and Gods, which came out, wow, 13 years ago. Hard to believe. Uh, He has a a webinar coming up tomorrow night, Monday, June the 8th at 8 p.m. via Zoom. And uh, he'll be covering off a lot of these uh, topics that we're discussing tonight, or this this main topic rather, that is, I suppose uh, the the intersection of the UFO ET phenomenon with the, the biblical narrative, biblical prophecy. Uh, and you can send him a request to join the webinar. Uh, you can email him at info info at thinkagainproductions.com info at thinkagainproductions.com so before the break Ali I was asking you that how it's a little bit like that old logical fallacy arguing from authority so if you if you're arguing that the uh, UFO ET phenomenon can be explained um, through biblical scripture and 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 that The pilots of these crafts are, in fact, angels and fallen angels. Uh, Someone who doesn't believe in the Bible could could just as easily argue, well, you're looking at this mistakenly through a biblical filter because the ancients simply didn't understand that they were dealing with advanced extraterrestrial civilizations. They had technology. They had power. So, naturally... They would, they would think that they were gods or angels. Uh, so you were, you were uh, making that defense before the break. Go ahead.
1: Um, so if you see that life is a mystery, you can kind of, you know, say, well, what lens am I going to use to understand life? So, you know, Darwinism is the, is the idea that leads to this concept of aliens. Um, and then before that, also, the idea of the heavens and the earth and God creates the host of the heavens and the host of the earth. The biblical concept of the heavens incorporates, you know, what we call the universe, but it is not exactly the same as the universe. So first, you know, this idea of the universe was introduced to our minds, then the idea of the telescope was given to us, and then Darwin's theories came, and in this canopy, the concept of aliens appeared. Um, However... Um, if you say, okay, I I wonder if God exists, I wonder if God has actually spoken to the human world, and I wonder if those words have been kept so that, you know, when you're born in every generation, you can actually consult it so that you understand what's going on. Who are you? You know, are there any clues given to this existence for you to, to understand reality? Well, the Bible is a book where if you really take it seriously, you start to see that it's historical accounts are very accurate. Um, the cities that it talks about existed. The prophetic uh, aspect of the Bible is very profound. The future telling, it takes time to kind of see it, but really it all comes true. Most of the prophecies of the Bible already fulfilled. Only a handful remain to be fulfilled. So it has a lot of credibility as a document. And finally, when you consult God directly in your prayer life, and especially if you do it through Christ then God responds with His Spirit. And that becomes really the proof, the seal, the sign of this new covenant when you receive that Spirit and you realize, wow, this stuff is actually real. Then the book's authority becomes something that you can now rely on for understanding and divvying up the world. And inside of this book there's a lot of account of these beings coming to the Jews and to the various nations and as you follow the the, the 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 breadcrumbs, it leads you into the 20th century, except, you know, our secular veil has given a different name, but, you know, that particular line of thinking, I think, has weaker foundations than the Bible. It just it has a stronger foundation, I think. Since life is a mystery, you have to pick a lens through which you're going to look at it, right?
0: Right, right. And how does the alien abduction phenomenon then jive with the biblical narrative
1: throughout the the heart of the alien abduction phenomenon is the creation of um human alien hybrids and their introduction into the culture and this idea of hybrids is uh, mentioned in the book of genesis where the sons of god come and they have children with the daughters of men and these children are called nephilim which is translated as giants into english um, and we also see this account in all of the civilizations, you know, the uh, demigods, they're called usually, the demigods of Ch- ancient China, of India, um, and uh, the titans, they're called in the Greek, and, and they exist in the Mesopotamian accounts of reality, of history, in, of Egypt, you know, once I was in Persepolis, the capital of the Persian Empire, and, you know, my father, who's passed away, was an architect, and we're walking, and he said to me, you know, these pillars, they would be hard to erect even today. And there was a man there, and he was a, a villager. I could tell from his clothing that he had come from one of the villages around, and it was kind of a day off, and he brought his family to see the ruins. And I said to him, nearly jokingly, sir, uh, how do you think these pillars were erected? And he kind of took my question very seriously. He straightened his back. He straightened, you know, he uh, got himself ready to speak. And he said, Well, there are ancient cuneiform writings. There are cuneiform tablets that we have here. And in them, it talks about giants who were champions. And they are the ones who built the, the city and erected the pillars for them. And I thought, wow. And there's lots of other writings we have from other places in the Middle East. That talk about these things uh, that that these tribes of giants were hired by human tribes to shift the balance of power, like Goliath was hired by the Philistines to shift the balance of power in their direction. Um, and there's oral tradition, like from the island of Malta, where these great rocks are, are, are you know are erected. That the Maltese have these oral traditions to this day that talk about the giants that built them. The Native Indians have them, and so this idea of hybrids has been a constant like the UFO phenomenon itself and it continues into the 20th century and the Bible says well it's the sons of God who came and did this and they have an agenda and it explains what that agenda is some would even say the parable of wheat and tares uh, that Christ says actually is about The introduction of these tares, which are these, it says, you know, he says that the devil planted his seed in the garden and that they became the tares and God planted his seed. So the two seeds mingled throughout the ages are mentioned throughout scripture and recorded in historical accounts by everybody.
0: So the the modern day alien abduction phenomenon is then a fulfillment of a prophecy uh that it is, and, and, it is a fulfillment and, and,
1: of a prophecy because it does say in the bible when it introduces this phenomenon uh, in the book of genesis uh, in chapter 6 It's the first time it mentions it, but it says it'll happen then and afterwards. And we see that, you know, when the Israelites come to take the land, you know, they send the 12 spies, and they say, oh, we're too afraid to go in. Ten of them say that there's giants in the land. Then we see Goliath, you know, who is of the giants, and he fights King David, or David the boy, who who becomes king eventually. Um, And then we see also Abraham even deals with these tribes of giants. And then when we come into the prophetic part of the scripture, it says that in the final empire of the world, the last empire, the one that will exist before the coming of Christ, the second coming, it says that they will mingle their seed with the seed of men, but it will not adhere. And the Hebrew masculine plural uh, pronoun is used for they, so it is like saying the he's will mingle their seed with the seed of men. This is in Daniel chapter 2, verse 42, around there. And so this commingling of seeds, which it talks about the, this last empire and even says that there'll be kings coming from this commingling, that these guys will be uh, you know, re-emerging somehow. And then Jesus himself said, when asked about his second coming, in Matthew chapter 24, he said that, it would be like the days of Noah. Um, And this is a concept in Hebrew thought, that all of the various ages that are mentioned in the Bible, they're there because they are essentially a pattern of future history. So you kind of look at the different ages that are in the Bible and say, which age are we in now? Which events uh, are going to unfold in our time? Well, the days of Noah and the days of Lot are mentioned as, as as times that would be like the end times and the days of noah were the days where this massive commingling of seeds occurred and this is what the purpose of the flood was So we look at this uh, prophecy that this is going to happen in the last empire and we say well are we in that last empire and people look at various you know signs of prophecy becoming to fruition on the stage of history and then there is this one. Oh, there's going to be a commingling of seeds. It's going to be like the days of Noah. Is that really happening around us? And lo and behold, people as uh, renowned as Johnny Max, the head of psychiatry from Harvard University, or David Jacobs from Temple University, have documented this massive worldwide phenomenon of people being abducted and alien-human hybrids being created in the millions throughout the nations.
0: All right, I've got to jump in here, Ali, and take another uh, time out. We'll come back. And uh, I want to ask you about the offspring of this uh, hybrid program back in the days of the, the, well, in biblical times. They were giants. Where are the giants today? We'll uh, pick up on that point. On the other side, Ali Siaditan, Think Again Productions. My name is Richard Serrett, and this is The Conspiracy Show. When you look at the sky, Uh, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Just a reminder, coming up at the top of the hour, open lines. So, get your questions and comments ready. Alice Yadatan stays with us. Think Again Productions. Now, in the days of Noah, which you mentioned, or before in... uh, Well, yes, in the days of Noah, you had these fallen angels commingling with the the daughters of men, and the offspring, which we call Nephilim, were giants. So if this same thing is occurring today in the modern-day alien abduction phenomenon, why aren't there any giants?
1: Because there's a different strategy at hand this time. What we're noticing is that deceit is a very important part of it, um when, uh, when Jesus was asked again to talk about his second coming he began and closed his speech by the admonition be aware that you not be deceived so deception seems to be a key theme and you, know, you see it through the internet the social media the fake news etc we there's a lot of powerful tools to uh, cast thought veils over the culture um, so deceit is you know uh, part of the agenda and it's about infiltrating into the world and looking like you're hiding in plain sight and not being noticed until the time is there for you to be noticed in the ancient world they believed in the gods these gods uh, were not mythical beings to our ancestors and they had offsprings and their offsprings formed the line of kings Um, there are many documented ideas of kings uh, and lines of kings, you know, like the Durian culture of the Greeks, one of the main lines of, of you know, uh, the foundation of Greek society, um, the, the Spartans, you know, or the children uh, of Hercules, all of the uh, major towns in the Aegean coast all founded by, you know, these uh, hybrids. This was all part of the history of, of these people. We may call it myth. They didn't. So for them, it was okay to have these giants among them, these champions, as they called them, because their worldview allowed for it. And these fallen angels, who are posing as gods to our ancestors, um, we're playing off of that worldview. Today, it's a different reality, and the interaction that these beings have with us is more covert. Um, we now live in an age where the game, the name of the game, has changed, where the spirit of God has been th- th- thrown or You know, poured out over the nations in the past 2,000 years, and the worship of the um, polytheistic orders and the gods has collapsed, and the knowledge of the one God has been, you know, shared with everyone, and God is kind of redeeming the race of man, which is in this massive cosmic tale, and that's the only way these stories make sense, is if we are part of a larger story. And so these beings now must operate differently in this new age of the Holy Spirit and in this new um, um, time that we live in. If we saw giants walking around us today, uh, and they were like the children of aliens, I don't know, we might just arrest them
0: put
1: them in prison them. <laughs> or try yeah
0: good them. luck with that but but how how is it that they can they the the fallen angels i mean aren't there 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 are laws of nature uh, and uh, the, god's laws that when when a fallen angel uh intermingles or commingles rather with a human the offspring is a giant how is it that they can just change that as if by magic well, we're not going to produce giants anymore right.
1: You asked about the prophetic word. It says they shall mingle their seed with the seed of man. It actually says that in the Bible. And what we're seeing through the uh, modern-day abduction phenomenon is that when people are abducted, uh, semen is removed from men and then it's placed, uh, you know, it's mixed with alien DNA and put inside of the human female. The fetus is removed at at the end of the first trimester. These uh, hybrids come to term, full term, inside of these, you know, rooms and then DNA is removed from them, and the experiment is carried out three times until the final result looks very human. But it's more like a um, scientific way of creating these hybrids as opposed to what we see in the ancient world where it seems to have been just through you know, uh, sexual relations between these fallen angels and men. And yes, fallen angels have bodies, and um, they are called the sons of God. They're not called fallen angels. Fallen angels is not a term that exists anywhere in the entire Bible. It's a term of Christian culture to capture an idea that seems to be in the Bible that a third of the heavenly host in this cosmic tale have mounted a rebellion uh, against, you know, uh, the Most High, and they have dragged us into that war. And so... They are called the sons of God, and and Adam is called the son of God, and so we and them seem to have common origins because we are both given the same title, and so it's okay they can mingle with us, and yes, they can play science with us as well, and it seems that they're doing that, and that's how they're creating the modern day hybrids. It's more of a scientific way of creating them in the laboratory rather than just through sexual relations, which seems to have produced. The ancient giants
0: and how many hybrids uh, are there are, th- are, they, uh, are they here now? are they off world somewhere w- w- ready to, to make some sort of an invasion?
1: no, the latest research is that they 're here now living in you know, various neighborhoods and cities. How many there are i don 't know, uh, but there was an Epsis Reed survey done that showed that three to four percent of respondents in the United States, uh, seem to you know say that they do get abducted. It's probably more around five six percent. So if you okay, I've got to
0: jump in here, Ali We'll pick up on this on the other side. Ali Siatitan stays with us. One more segment. We'll open up the phone lines, questions, and comments. 416-3600740, or toll-free from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Open lines coming up at the top of the hour. And for those of you who've gathered in the YouTube live chat, get your questions and comments ready. And uh, my live stream producer, Ryan White, will relay those to me. And then we'll, uh, I'll read those over the air and try to answer as many of those or read as many of your comments. Uh, t- as possible. A few moments remain with Ali Siadatan from Think Again Productions. Uh, Ali, uh, obviously we're we're kind of skimming the surface, but what are some of the other main points you're going to be uh, addressing in your webinar tomorrow night? What other subjects?
1: Um, well, you know, th- this is a story that spans the uh, centuries, thousands of years of history here. And when you put it all together, the gods you know of the various civilizations, um, the angels, uh, uh, the UFOs, the hybrids, when you put it all together, actually, from the biblical lens, it forms a single story, one story it 's like a movie it 's all the different parts of a single movie and and i 'm going to show how this movie comes together. It is the story of us, the world that we are living in, the world that 's outside of our window. You know uh, who were these uh, beings that posed as gods to the various civilizations and gave them the knowledge to build these temples and gave them this advanced mathematics and you know chose priest kings and gave the, the the laws of various you know religions and who were uh, the angels that came to the Jews and how, how did they all connect and then what happened and How did this story move forward until it gets to the 20th century? And what do the prophecies say? Where is it all going? Once you stop looking at this as different bodies of knowledge, oh, these are angels, these are aliens, these are gods, this is a myth, this is a reality, this is the Bible, and you kind of remove all those different divisions and just look at it as one giant story. And these are all characters in that story it becomes very sweet. It's very inspirational. It has a happy ending. The good guys are far more powerful than the bad guys. We are headed to far better days. There is a plan. There's meaning to life. And all of this comes to the surface. It's very uplifting. It's very inspiring. It's not dark. It's not scary. And these are just characters of the world we live in. And it's good to know who they are and how they fit. Uh, in the story and that's what I'm going to expose is the cosmic tale that binds all these elements together.
0: Well the the alien abduction phenomenon is well some find that uh, this is interesting because some uh, alleged abductees talk about their abduction in very positive terms. I don't know if this is Stockholm syndrome or what, but uh, you know they talk about being uh, taken aboard a ship and and uh, they're warned about the Earth's future and they're usually it's like they're shown in, in an in-flight movie about environmental degradation and they're told you've got to, you've got to take care of your planet and so forth. Uh, and then of course you have others who describe an absolutely horrific ordeal being poked and prodded and operated upon and so forth. So why these two different accounts? Is 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 the, a, po- the more positive account exception? deception or a is that an decision. angelic account? Like
1: some people uh, like it and some people don't. I'd say is it, that the abductees fall within three categories. Those who call themselves abductees, and these are the people who don't like it, they feel violated. Those who call themselves Contactees, they are on the other hand feel they're chosen, and they are bringing a message, you know, to this new world. They like it, and then there's a third category, which is the experiencers. They they're neutral. They don't necessarily, you know, mind it or like it too much. They're just willing to experience it. Uh, It's something that's happening to them, and I think it's the reflection of a person's own mind and heart and spirit. Um, and yes, it's a very interesting phenomenon, and, and a lot of people ask me about it, but it's one piece of a much larger puzzle, and that's what I'm going to expose is the larger puzzle that puts it all together and gives proper context to even this phenomenon.
0: If there is this hybrid program going on, and some call it an alien-human hybrid, but you're calling it a uh, more of a d- demonic uh, or angelic-human a hybrid program. Right. If these hybrids are uh, ha- half human, the other half is, I'm going to use the term, fallen angel if they're, right. or demonic, are they beyond salvation?
1: Yes. Um, when you look at the Bible, these hybrids are always destroyed. They're, and there's even commands to go and kill these tribes. They're never meant to exist. Uh, they, that was never part of the plan uh, of God's creation. When God created the, you know, the squirrels and the roses and the apple trees um, and, and the humans and then, and and these angels, uh, billions. I mean, the the just the number is as large as the stars of heaven. It, it's a very populated uh, reality we're in. Actually, you know, we see. I know we see, feel very isolated and alone on this planet, thinking no one knows about us. Actually, we are very well known and our destiny is central to the, to the destiny of the entire cosmos, um, and that's why God himself is involved on this planet in this story. Um, but these beings are not part of the story. They are uh, not supposed to exist. And so they are more an experiment, because I think the fallen angels, they like to mix themselves to different houses of these pre- principalities and powers that you talked about, they like to mix their uh, bloodlines into ours and create lines that are born of both and keep us in bondage under their rule and, and continue their revolution into the heavens uh, past the second coming because they have ambitions of their own. And this is part of their own ambitions and their own worldview, but it's not part of God's, so it's not going to last.
0: And do these hybrids, do they play a role in the end times?
1: I think that there's a reason they're being created, and there's a prophecy about about this reemergence. Um, so, yes, they must play a role, and, and there's a lot of effort going into it. What that role exactly is, it's not clear to me. What I can see is three things. One, I see that now there are bloodlines of kings and rulerships in high places that are of these beings, and that's, you know, Part of the research of this new documentary, um, then I see that there is a cultural infiltration, massive cultural infiltration. And, and when they're turned on and they're given their old marching orders, they may influence the culture on behalf of the coming world leader, on behalf of the kind of world that creates a darkness into which the messages uh, of an alternative reality that, uh, than God's worldview can more easily be spoken into. And finally, I think that there's a war coming uh, on the f- valleys of Armageddon, north of Jerusalem. It's, it says that you know the world's going to go to war against the second coming of Christ, which can only happen if the world is deceived in seeing it as an alien invasion, I think. If he comes, like the scripture says, the Lord will come with his chariots, And so if he does come with his chariots, I think these guys may turn the whole thing around and say, oh, look, you know, we're the good guys, we're giving you knowledge, we're letting you do whatever you want, and we want to help you grow, but this is the guy who gave you religion, who gave you all these rules, and now he's coming to suppress you, you know. And so somehow the world will see him other than God in order to go to war with him, and these hybrids may also have a role in that war. So these are kind of the speculations I have. What, what is their exact role? Uh, I haven't found that in scripture yet, so I don't know.
0: Are, the, are these hybrids active on the world stage today? So for example, are they responsible for much of the strife in the world? Are they influencing governments and world leaders?
1: Um, you know, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I can only go with what the researchers in the field are collecting. And what the latest research is, is that they are essentially living among us. They have, you know, social insurance numbers and social security numbers and driver's licenses and apartments and they live in housing, uh, you know, uh, uh, units. And they live among us. They, the, when people are abducted, they're not anymore taken into a spaceship. They, they, the abduction sequence happens on the earth. They go to work with, with them. They are learning. They are learning. They are continuing to learn how it, what it means to be human, learning about music, learning about philosophy, about religion, about you know the stock market and, and financial world, and medicine. Just learning about the world uh, that we live in. That's the kind of latest research. Is that it's not about the creation of hybrids anymore. It's about their infiltration into the culture, and they they learning now. As far as why are they influencing world leaders, etc. I think that the fallen angels themselves have directly been doing that for a long time. Um, Okay,
0: I've got to wrap it up here, uh, Ali. You can contact him through thinkagainproductions.com, and there you can watch his documentary, stream it there on the website, UFOs, Angels, and Gods. Ali, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, my friend.
1: Thank you for having me, Richard. It was great. Thank you. Have a beautiful evening.
0: My pleasure. Thank you. All right, open lines. When we come back... 416 360 0740 in the GTA, toll free from just about anywhere. 1 866 740